but here's my point, okay? It's Division One football! And tonight, hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. I got more gray hair than I've ever had. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. I've been losing, so I mean, it ain't been good. I told them, how about them fucking dogs? That's what I told them. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And they run through our ass like shit through a 10 horn, man, and we could not stop it. Could not stop Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Week Zero podcast of the Parlay Like a Champion football podcast. The boys are back. The offseason is behind us. We have watched the film. No transfer portal here. All five guys are back to break down all the alma mater picks. We're going to start it off this week with a, a little bit of a recap from last season. 44, 27, and 362%. That's why we watched the film. We want to remember last season and, and replicate that up 13 units. We had one of our podcast members in Africa for half the season, it felt like, and the pod started 16-3-1 with two parlay wins. It was a season to remember, but we are back to replicate it and then some. Hey, Jeff, Mark here. Glad to be here. I'm glad you brought up last season's win totals. I actually went even further back. little quiz for the boys. Who of the five of us is the only member of Parlay Like a Champion to be 500 or better every single year of doing this podcast. Hint, it's well, me. I'm ready to keep it going. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Rob, oh my how you God. feeling? That is Brent the... Pry in the house this year. Yeah, right. man. This is, this is Bechtel over here, and I just got to say, the amount of South Carolina cock going around in our freaking chat right now is unbelievable. Mark is fired up. Woo! He's just Mark, thank you. If a guy even sniffs going to South Carolina, I'm getting a fucking tax. Mark, thank you for that stat. I'm going to hit the group with yet another stat. Um, can anyone guess which pod member uh, qualified for the you owe your friends, a.k.a. was the lone loser the most amount of times last year? Does anyone know who that is? Ooh, Couldn't be you, I Josh. I, I think I know. It's definitely not me. It's Mark Cormack, ladies <laughs> oh, and gentlemen. Wow. Team me. Let's. <laughs> Let Imagine. me just take a step back. I didn't expect to get roasted after my stat. I'm still the only podcast member, 500 <laughs> or better, every single year of doing this. We had a phenomenal season. Jeff, the host, where are we going this week? Well, well, well and I want to add this. Rob, it doesn't matter. You know this as well as Mark does. It doesn't matter if Mark wins his bet. All five of us need to win the bet because that's the game. It's a five-way pick yeah. every week, five games, and we all got to bring it. Yeah, and I know I'm most guilty in the five years that we've been doing this of, of costing us the most amount of money overall. I think that maybe Bechtel, you were putting together the stats the other day. I think I've personally cost this podcast around $4,000, $4,000. So that's eight parlay losses, eight times. I've been the lone loser, um, four and one. So I have made a personal promise to myself. I'm not going to be at one time this year. Zach, have, you, have you changed your uh, approach at all? With unders, I'm overs. Due, I'm due not to be the guy that always ruins the parlay. Uh, TBD on that mark. I can't really decide. I did go back and look. I was six and two in unders last year. That's pretty damn good. I think you'd be pissed if I was trying to pick against the spread with those type of numbers. So uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Well, yeah. everybody on this podcast has their angle. Everybody is represented an alma mater, 
And for today's episode, we're going to break down sort of a preseason look. We each have an official over-under pick across the entire college football board. We have a Heisman pick, uh, a dark horse Heisman candidate, I believe, for all of us. And then we'll be touching on the alma maters, which we will cover all season long, as well as our parlay picks. Boys, let's start with our official over-under. Josh, I'm going to turn it to you first. Which team do you have circled this year for your official over-under pick? I'm traveling down to the SEC where apparently it just means more, and I'm going to be fading the Kentucky Wildcats. Their total is eight and a half. Uh, A few things. Number one, Will Levis is their quarterback. I've watched more Will Levis football than anyone should probably watch in their life. He cannot throw the ball 25 yards downfield. Not only that, they lost Wandale Robinson. He went to the NFL. He was the yards after catch King last year. Uh, and they also lost their offensive coordinator. Also, just kind of the uh, the X factor here, Kentucky football is not used to hearing how good they are at football. They've been hearing that for the last year or two. I think that, as Saban quotes it, is rat poison for them. I'm fading Kentucky Wildcats. I'll pay to see it under eight and a half wins. Mark, that's uh, that got to work really well for you in the yeah, division. That would be great in division, Josh. I'm glad you made that pick. Surprised uh, a little bit uh, how sour you are on Will Levis, considering he is a consensus first round pick next year. I, I, I have, I actually have nothing against the guy. He's like a nice dude. I just don't think he's that good. And I don't understand the first round hype. The only thing he is similar to Josh Allen is how tall he is. The guy puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Is that the leader of your football team? That's a good no. question. I like the These pick are... a lot, Josh. I was eyeing them as well. Thanks, Matt. These are very good questions, and I'm actually kicking myself because I know who I should have started with, and I didn't, and I owe this person an apology. But last year's last place finisher on the individual uh, season standings should have gone first. We should have opened it up with you, Matt Bechtel. Take it away who you got for your official over-under this year. Bechtel, hold on real quick before you go. Even though you did come in last, it's important to note you still had a winning overall record in the parlay. You, you I did. Very true. Um, That's crazy. I was also, Matt, thank you for mentioning that. I was also one of the only other parlay members here to go an entire month without losing. Um, I did it also on another continent in different time stones, 12 hours ahead at some times. I mean, the fact that you know, really what cost me this entire thing and doing the assignment was week three, Alabama, Florida over. And my number actually was over. And the number moved, obviously, with the time difference. My V-pick hit. I couldn't be consulted. It's just devastating for me personally. And I have made a commitment to the listeners, to my family, to my friends, to my dogs, Wally and Jude. I will beat Jeffrey's Zamara this year. Overall record. I'm not, hey, if, if we win some parlays this season, I don't care. You can beat me. That's fine. Let's just win some five and O's. That being said, I did a lot of research on 131 different college football teams. And I had to, per my assignment, identify the team that did the best in the transfer portal with the lowest total for the season. And that team, ladies and gentlemen, similar to our college careers, myself going one for one in college and baseball, and that was it. We are all Minutemen this year, over two and a half. Don Brown coming into the program. He's one of the only coaches to actually have like a successful tenure really at Mass. He's bringing in a lot of guys through the transfer portal that came from programs like Penn State, Michigan, 19 total guys coming in. That's almost two sides of the ball. I like what they're doing. They have a plan to basically kind of run 
run out a lot of games, run out a lot of clock. We kind of went down their schedule at one point, but I think there's about four to five winnable games for UMass, and I like that. I think they actually could get a win week one money line. Keep an eye on that. If you happen to listen to other podcasts, college football betting podcasts, and they're talking about the UMass Minutemen, point me in the direction of that podcast because we're bringing you. Know, you ever heard of angles, him? All the angles on this podcast. Matt Ropp, over to you. Who you got this year for your official over on the tech? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, I'm going to go to a spot uh, to a campus I was born um, about five minutes away from, and that's Norfolk, Virginia, for the Old Dominion Monarchs. Okay, uh, the over under is four and a half. I'm going under. Um, so they open the season at a conference, Virginia Tech, East Carolina, Virginia Liberty. Should be 0-4. They better be 0-4. In be. conference. Go ahead. Sorry, Josh. Should be, but ODU has beaten Virginia Tech in the past. Literally in the last four years. Important to know. Let's please not. Um, I've watched that line. Open at 10 and a half. I think last time I saw it was seven and a half. I'm starting to get a little nervy. Um, but anyway, ODU uh, should start off the season 0-4. In conference, they play at Appalachian State, at Coastal Carolina, at Georgia State. They're going to be double-digit dogs in all three of those games. So if you do the math right now, that's seven losses, supposedly. They get Marshall at home in November. Not sure they can win that. They also get uh, JMU. Jamie the Dukes going in the Sun Belt, baby, at home uh, in November. And I know, I personally know that all of the JMU fans and all of the JMU people are really tired that ODU beat them into the FBS and would love, uh, you know, to go down to Norfolk and freaking knock them out. But anyway, uh, I know ODU snuck up on a couple of people last year. They went nine and three against the spread, uh, six and six overall, but their schedule is just really much harder this year. They have no room for air. Um, I think they're a decent football team, but it's very hard uh, to see how they can win five based on what I've mentioned, unless somehow they beat Virginia Tech week one, and in which case we'll be in trouble. But I'm so going to go. You'll know where you stand after week one, maybe. Yeah, you'll know where you stand. You'll know where you stand, I'm pretty sure. And I don't think they can beat Tech, UVA, East Carolina, Liberty, Coastal Carolina, Georgia State, um, App State, and Marshall. That's eight losses right there. So I'm going to go under on ODU and looking forward to counting the losses. Thanks. Yeah, um, not bad. I do love your unders because they are usually well thought out, Rob. Um, if I may, I'm going to give my next one. I really love two, but I'm not going to hijack this episode. I'm just going to give one that I really, really love. Big 10 football, PJ Fleck, Minnesota Golden Gophers over seven and a half. Really, really love it, boys. Third last year in total defense, sixth in the nation in scoring defense. They won eight games last year, losing to um, Bowling Green and losing to Illinois, both at home. Still won eight games. They avoid the big dogs in the Big Ten. Now, they play a couple of them. Uh, they play at Michigan State. They play at Penn State. Those are losses. They play at Wisconsin, probably another loss. I don't see another guaranteed loss on their schedule. I think maybe they lose one of the toss-up games, you know, could be at Nebraska, could be home against Iowa. Even if they lose one of those games, 
They're going eight and four. They get Mo Ibrahim back at running back and uh, really high on the Gophers in part because of their schedule, in part because of their defense, in part because Mo Ibrahim is back. Love the Gophers this year. That's a big 10 angle I can get behind. And I got to admit all four of you, I, I love the, the, the analysis you brought to these picks. I'm actually going to steal my pick off of my analysis, rather off of one of my pod members. And that Bechtel, I got to give you the nod on this one. I'm taking Arizona over three. Jed Fish last year, only one win. This year, the boy, the number is set at three. I think the number is very attainable. And I'm going to use a Matt Bechtel handicap to prove my point. Arizona this year has very winnable games early on in the schedule. They've recruited well. They brought in some talent. It was a desert out there, pun intended, when Jed Fish got there. He's brought some talent in. But guess what, Matt Bechtel? Halloween weekend. Guess who's home? Playing the Trojans of USC, Arizona, and book it right now that, that the Arizona Wildcats are going to upset the USC Trojans. Spooky season, as Matt Bechtel says. Are you, talk- are you talking about money line? Are you talking about sure. covering? Sure. Well, it's October yeah. I mean, money line's got to be the play when you're talking over-unders. You know what? Well, I- what's, what's interesting about that, too, Jeff, is that I love the spooky season handicap. We all know about the nurses, the, the fine, fine secretaries, the the lovely stewardesses, everyone that's out there, the devils, the angels, all of them. We have to acknowledge them. But it's an X factor. You do not want to lose on Halloween night. Nobody wants to go out to the bars and see all these unbelievable professionals out there and be a loser that night. You want to at least cover. So I love that. Here's what I think. The worst that's going to happen is we're going to push this bet. That's, I think, the absolute worst downside on this. So I got Arizona over three. Jed Fish is going to bring a little bit more magic back to Tucson. And I cannot wait for our episode for the spooky season handicap because you better believe Arizona Wildcats are going to be on that card. To recap, Um, what that handicap is, is the home team for a college football team, if it's a Friday or Saturday night, covers at about a 60% clip. And you also get some outright winners too with like, I think it's about, I think the last season it was about nine point uh, dog that won outright. So people play hard. Yep. Uh, I am. I'm excited about this. I'll quickly recap this before we move on to our next segment. We've got Kentucky under Josh's fading. Will Levis, the UMass over Bechtel does his homework and he brings the entire podcast and over win on the fight in Don Brown's. ODU under Rob seems very excited about this one. He is clearly invested in Old Dominion's demise. The fighting PJ Flex over for Mark. The Golden Gophers are going to get their uh, their magic back with in Kirk Soraka. I think you mentioned him coming back in. OC, a lot of chemistry with what is it? Their tenth year quarterback, Mark. What's what's his name? Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan. There we go. Oh over God. for the fighting Flex, and then over Arizona for me two. Unders, three overs. That'll do it for the official over-under picks. And, and now we got to talk Heisman. I'm going to guess none of us think that the Heisman winner will be on any of the teams that we just broke down. But you guys have surprised me before. Uh, I don't really care who opens it up. I think whoever feels the best about their Heisman long shot should kick us off. I'm going yeah. to kick us off here. And I'm going to stay in the state of Kentucky where I just faded Will Levis. And I'm going to ride the ever-loving shit out of the quarterback who murdered us week one last year. He goes by the name of Malik Cunningham. I'm riding Malik Cunningham plus 8,000 because his game is built for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He's an electric dual-threat quarterback. Uh, He has gotten better as a pocket passer. 
He has a lot to improve on in that department. But the Ville, as I like to call them, they return a very good tight end. They, they return two starting offensive linemen. Those are huge for a quarterback, especially a dual-threat quarterback. They have a lot of opportunities to upset ranked teams, at least preseason ranked teams. They get Pitt at home ranked, Wake Forest at home ranked, NC State at home ranked, and then they go on the road at Clemson and at Kentucky, both of which are ranked right now. A lot of opportunities for upsets, a lot of ESPN games, a lot of eyeballs. Malik Cunningham rips off, you know, a 250-yard passing and 100-yard rushing, five total touchdowns a couple times throughout the year. All Louisville has to do is get to eight or nine wins. If he has a really, really solid year, there's a decent chance that he's at the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Um, so I love it. He burnt us last year. I think he's going to right his wrong. I'm, uh, I'm fading Kentucky, and I'm riding Louisville. Uh, Espo Bechtel here. I don't know if you can hear it, but Fifi's posse in my house right now literally was like stamping their feet on my ceiling if the audio was coming through as you were reading that pick. What a vibe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bechtel, why don't you carry us into your pick? Thank you. Um, you know, we just had a, a really good friend of ours uh, welcome in a child into the world. Uh, our good friend, Mockers. Love you, buddy. And this is my Heisman pick. At 40 to 1 on some books, Hendon Hooker. I think, like, low-key, a guy that's kind of under the radar, 40 to 1 odds. And if you look at the schedule, like, I think I'm, I'm pretty high on Tennessee just based off of what he's doing out there. He's really dynamic. His passer rating was 181 last year, led the SEC, I believe. Um, I, I really think he's got a bright future this year. Everything is set for them. They return – let me just double-check here my numbers. I want to make sure that I'm giving the accurate number for the boys. But the – Tennessee is bringing back on the offensive side of the ball 80% of their guys. I love that for him. I love the consistency. I'm really high on Hendon Hooker. Oh, Bechtel, this is rough, but I can't believe Virginia Tech had Hendon Hooker play quarterback for them for a year and a half. And I think I remember Mock asking me kind of the scouting report on him. Like, yeah, I mean, he's a better runner than passer. He – can't throw it more than like 10 yards downfield and then you are watching the sec just chucking the ball downfield and you're like wow you know it was it the coaching means, it it just means more and when you have justin fuente attempting to ice a kicker from 59 on a team that just joined the fbs from the fcs the year before that's the x factor never tough forget memories. it tough I, memories high book can high book can dial it up for sure yeah, um, I'll go next. Um, we're doing well so far because everybody knows you need to be a quarterback for the most part and you need to be on a good team. Agreed. I don't know how you guys are doing with those two, but I'm going to go next. So I'm going to do Dylan Gabriel, 30 to one. Uh, new quarterback at Oklahoma. Um, most people know you got to be good. So you got to win 10 games or so. Uh, their over under is nine and a half. So check mark there. Uh, he played three games last year. Could be a little bit under the radar. He broke his collarbone week three, didn't return. Uh, but the previous two years before that, he threw 62 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Um, I know Lincoln Riley is gone, obviously. Brent Venables, more of a defensive coach. But a lot of people got to remember they brought in Jeff Lebby, who was the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss the last two years. Uh, pretty decent offense. And the two years before that, he was actually at UCF, who Dylan Gabriel com came from. Um, so he's got some experience, a little bit of a union there. Um, so I think kind of the combination of Oklahoma being a pretty big national draw, 
their potential to probably win 10 games. I think he's as good a chance as anybody. That's a longer shot. Um, he's definitely going to have a lot more talented wide receivers than he did at UCF. And I know when he transferred from there, I don't think he was sold on running the ball and playing defense. I think he was probably told that they were going to come here, sling it around and try and score 50 points a game. So if Oklahoma is good, um, their quarterback's going to be up there in the Heisman. So I'm going to take him at 30 to one Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Rob, you mentioned that uh, most likely has to be a quarterback and definitely has to be on a good team. This one um, I feel pretty good about now. These are, um, by Jeff's rules for us, these are dark horses, so not guaranteed to uh, be invited to New York. Love the number on Jackson Dart at 70 to 1. Um, new starting Damn quarterback you, at Ole Miss. You cut, you cut me out of this one. I was all over Jackson Dart. So take oh, it away. Sorry. I'm Crazy. sorry. You love the X in there. Yeah, I'll let you pick Rattler for me, Jeff. Um, Jackson. No, Dart. no, no. Jackson Dart is 70 to one. Ole Miss lost their offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby, uh, to Oklahoma when Venables uh, left Clemson. In comes Charlie Weiss Jr., whatever. They still have the lane train dialing them up. Jackson Dart, highly touted, went to USC, didn't really light it up as a freshman, but he is damn good. And looking at Ole Miss's schedule, they play home against Kentucky in their fifth game of the season. If they win that, they could very, very easily start the season 7-0 and going into Death Valley and LSU. I see a minimum of eight wins on their schedule this year. They play uh, at Arkansas, at A&M, at LSU, and then home against Alabama. So it could be an 8-4 and season for Ole Miss. But... With Lane dialing them up, starting 7-0, and you'll see Jackson Dart with a 7-0 and team skyrocket up the, the live Heisman odds midway through the season. I guarantee you that. I'm bummed, man. I, I love the handicap. He That was my pick. Uh, and I am staring at DraftKings right now trying to find another person. Obviously, we didn't share these picks ahead of time. I got nobody for you. So I want to just like rubber stamp right next to Jackson Dart for all the reasons yes. you said. I... I think he is a dark horse at 70 to one. We've, we've had a couple guys here list guys at 60, 40, 30, um, Jackson dark coming at 70, especially with the Ole Miss offense, the guy's going to put up points. And, and you guys mentioned it, Rob, you said it a moment ago, you got to be a quarterback. You got to be on a good team. Of the last 16 Heisman winners, three have been non quarterbacks, two Bama running backs, one Bama wide receiver, but I can't even look at anybody else on this board, even on the Bama side, like, is Will Anderson Jr. a dark horse? Probably not. He's 16 to 1. I mean, I, I honestly think that he should have been up there for the Heisman instead of Hutchinson. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the conference, I think, it's, I, I think it's a joke. Um, you know, I, home cooking, you know, Miss Michigan, whatever, is his sister. I, I don't like it. But what? she had nothing to do Nobody, with his uh, production. Look, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. All season. Nobody Jeffrey, picked, we uh, don't know her influence. Come on. Nobody picked TVD down in Miami because that one, you know what? That one I did think about Mark, I, that guy, he burned me bad on the Chris, Cristobal is about to restart the U and I, I know he is, but TVD is a damn good quarterback. I'm surprised nobody was on him. I love I, Jackson dart a lot more at his odds, but I'm all, I'm surprised nobody considered Miami. That. I, I looked, no, I looked at it. 
Miami's one of those programs, yes, programs, not programs, where until they prove it, until they have that guy, like, how can you buy in? Cristobal is there, dude. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, you see it all the time. Like, everyone thought Tom Herman was the guy at Texas. Didn't work out. Like, until it happens, it's hard to believe it will. Wait, are you saying the U is not a program? Right now, right now. Right now, it's not a program. Right I, you've been throwing the word program around pretty liberally today Bechtel I gotta admit uh well yeah Bechtel, I, I think I, I think if well, what you... Michigan Penn State no I didn't I didn't actually no that's false Jeff screw you Michigan no you said you said the Don Brown UMass program and I was just like hey man if they win more than two if they win all more right, than well, two I, games, all right I'm that's happy. a little you know but the boys are in on it we did the research I you know agree. what I mean like I we're in on UMass being a program that'll win three games well, but, this is a perfect opportunity for us to talk about actual programs. And you mentioned two of them, Penn State and Michigan, because now we're going to talk about our over-under picks for our alma maters. We have some news to share with the podcast as well. Since my Heisman pick was hijacked from me, from Mark, I'm going to start out by talking about Aiden Hutchinson's former team, the Michigan Wolverines. Last year, I wasn't that high on him. I can't remember, was it Mark that wanted to place the playoff bet? And I talked yeah. him out of it. He yep. puts his hand up. It was. My bad. They surprised me. This year, the over-under is set at nine and a half wins. I'm on the over. This year, the schedule sets up really well with an offense I haven't seen at Michigan uh, in damn near a decade in terms of offensive firepower. Replacing Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo will be a huge task. I imagine we are going to win shootouts this year. We're not going to win games where the final score is 24 to 14. We're going to be playing in the 30s and 40s because we're going to be giving up. 30 or 40, I think, on a regular basis. Uh, But we have some tough games at home. Michigan State at home. Penn State, another program at home. Ohio State is on the road. That's the game I think we drop. Our non-conference schedule is pathetic. As a fan, it actually makes me mad because none of the games are any good. I think Kinnick against Iowa is a big toss-up game. Iowa's going to be a great team. There's rumors that that is not a night game. There's rumors that that's a noon kickoff. Sign me the up to that because I want nothing to do with Kinnick at night. And if it's not Kinnick at night, and the only game that I think is probably leaning towards loss right now is Ohio State, there's a lot of juice. you got to swallow on this at minus 135, but over 9.5 on the DraftKings fourth book, Michigan Wolverines. Book it, baby. It's going to be another good season for the khaki boy, Jim Harbaugh. Why don't we keep it with the Big Ten and Espo? I like that. Thanks, Mark. Um, Live from Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State's total is eight and a half. I'm going to go over. I look at the schedule and I really see two games where on paper you you kind of tout them as losses. We play at Michigan, which loss. We, 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 Jeff thinks so. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is it your turn? Is it your turn? My bad. I'll, I'll be yeah, quiet. Think classic Michigan man talking over people. Vintage. Anyways. Uh, We play at Michigan outside of like the COVID year, Michigan and Penn state really has gone back and forth. There hasn't really been a win streak between the two for like, I want to say six or seven years. Um, Penn state's wide receiver core is probably the best it's ever been under James Franklin. We got Mitchell Tinsley transferring from Western Kentucky. He only had 17 touchdowns last year. Parker Washington could be a first round pick. If he has another good season. Um, I'm going to get a lot of shit for saying this. Our offensive line is supposed to be very, very improved. If it is, and we can actually run the ball and Sean Clifford isn't running for his life. 
he is a good quarterback and he is fine. And we were fourth in the country last year until he got hurt. So that being said, we go to Auburn. I might eat my words. I'm not really that scared of that game right now. Um, you know, the other big games, Michigan State, we get them at home. Uh, we get Minnesota, who for whatever reason plays us tough. We get them at home. We avoid Iowa this year. Um, I, I think that we're a really good football team, and I actually love that we're unranked. The last time we were unranked, we happened to win the Big Ten title, um, which was just absolutely electric with my man, Trace McSorley. Not a big shout deal. Out, shout, is, out, shout out Ashburn, Ashburn Virginia. Shout out Ashburn, is, Virginia. But is, is, uh, is your boy Sean Clifford your boy or not? What's the deal there? He's not my boy the way Trace was. I think that Clifford gets um, kind of put into the wrong, like, window almost. He was really, really good before he got hurt last year. Um, oh, I think he was mismanaged. Iowa before. game. Oh, my God. Oh, I remember yeah. us talking about that. I mean – I don't want to talk about it. Is I our boy Walker still there? Can we there? talk about it? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Can we talk about it? Is Walker still there? Rasheed Walker? Walker. Yeah. Rasheed Walker, no. He's not. So who's the backup now? Rasheed Walker is is an offensive lineman. You talking about Taquan Robinson? No, yeah, Robinson. Sorry, my bad. He's at UConn, so that shows how good he is. Uh, our I backup love that for you, is, Our backup quarterback is Christian Valu, uh, who played a started and played a full game last year. Looked really, really good. Behind him is Drew Aller, the number one high school quarterback in the country, uh, the baby faced assassin. Jeff's making giving me faces right now. And he's just like, wow, how do we get a quarterback like that to go to Michigan? Uh, anyway, JJ McCarthy. That's the Harbaugh's answer. got to sleep at his house. <laughs> I, I just anything the, for a five star. I look at the schedule um, and I think nine to 10 wins is, is nine wins is very, very doable for this team. They just got to do it. Like we always have the talent. Let's just fucking do it. So I'm going to say we're going to fucking do it. I love that right. angle. I guess just do it. Just yeah. do it, baby. Two Thank overs for the Big Ten guys. Classic. And Espo, do you think that Trace McSorley is above getting on this podcast with us? I'm sure we should just – you could probably DM Look. him on Twitter, and you could probably get Trace McSorley on this podcast. I like, watched him on TV. with He's uh, with the Arizona Cardinals now. I saw him on TV the other day missing wide open receivers. Yeah, right. I, I think he'd probably get on. Like, what, he, he, what does he have? All right. right. Number one, he's like a very, like – fine backup NFL quarterback, which like good for him. Number two, do I think that Trace McSorley thinks he's above this podcast? No, I don't. Will he see my 60 DMs? Absolutely not. <laughs> so wait, the, the number, we, we do have a number out there that you just put on the airwaves is 60. So will you send him 60 so DMs to come up? There is a number because the limit does not exist. We're all salesmen here. You, you, until he blocks me, I'm sending him DMs. If that's what we want, I'm fine to do that. But he won't come on this podcast and get slandered. That's not happening. No. I'm just saying that that's something we could track. I mean, you could we send one a week, well. the next 13 weeks, and then the next 13 weeks after that, and let's see if, if Trace comes on here. Yeah. I do remember the, the Iowa touchdown at the end of that game is unbelievable is, game, the Penn State-Iowa He's Iowa an game. Arizona boy. In about a month's time, I'm going to be an Arizona boy. Maybe we'll see each other out on the golf course. That's, you know. This is a perfect segue, Josh. We've talked enough about Trace McSorley. We're not talking enough about the Arizona boy that matters. That's Spencer Rattler. He's in wow. Columbia, South Carolina. <laughs> Here it goes. Woo! South Carolina Gamecocks. Let me tell you this, boys. I'm not the only one who thinks we're going over six. The juice is up to minus 160 on the over on DraftKings. 
We won six games in the regular season, seven games at the bowl win, not a big deal, with four different starting quarterbacks, one of which was an actual coach in preseason practice, another of which was an actual wide receiver. We won six games with four different starting quarterbacks. Now we have the preseason Heisman favorite from two years ago, five-star quarterback, the highest-rated quarterback South Carolina has ever signed. That is a fact. Spencer Rattler, he brings with him tight end Austin Stogner to join tight end Jaheim Bell. You guys, I know you listen to Stanford Steve Coughlin and the Bear Chris Felica. They stopped short of saying that South Carolina's tight end room was the second best in the country behind Georgia, but they did say they were among the best in the entire country, tight ends. Rob can speak to Antoine Juice Wells Jr., had 1,250 yards and 15 touchdowns last year at JMU. He's in Columbia, Arkansas State transfer wide receiver Corey Rucker, Wake Forest running back transfer Christian Beal Smith. We've got weapons and we have a quarterback now. And we already won six games last year without all of those people. Over six, book it for all of your money and I will reimburse the losers. <laughs> Done. Oh, wow. Okay. Sold. Okay. Be told twice. Um, all right. I'll do it right now. I, I have some questions. Go ahead. Oh, ask away, sir. I mean, at what point? Uh, in the season Matt Bechtel Rat- checking in here. What do you guys think about Spencer Rattler on QB one? But he was a high school junior. Look, I'm a big believer in a guy literally quitting on a program like Oklahoma, like literally turning his back and being like, "Oh, whoa, 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 nah, whoa, whoa, I'm done." Whoa, whoa. No he didn't program. quit on They're Oklahoma. A program. That's a program. A program. Come on. Now. What do you call him walking off the field while his team is still mid game, bro? That's quitting on your program. Got benched after. Go. After 70% accuracy and still having a pretty good year, he just turned the ball over a couple times. Look, and there was a five-star in Caleb Williams waiting that they could not afford to wait to put in. And it ended up working out for Oklahoma. So I, I know gonna you're the my only point person. Am I going to get the- more Spencer Rattler tweets? Like, I, I don't care, Mark. The guy is not, in my opinion, he's not a guy that you want leading your program. I don't believe but- in him. I believe in Shane Bieber. It's bizarre to me that, like, Bieber would – bring this fucking rat poison into what's going on within Beamer knows him very well. Cause Beamer came Look, from Oklahoma. I, I love the Mayo. I love all the stuff he's doing on Twitter. I love all that. And I, and I root for you, Mark, but like I've seen you attach yourself to shitty quarterbacks, whether it's well, the jets, the Cox or whoever it is. And I'm not going down with you, but I'm trying is, to prepare you for what's about. Point, to happen. This is point. my point. That's exactly my point though. Bechtel is we had a six win regular season with a coach a wide receiver and two other quarterbacks starting last year in the span of 12 games. Now I don't need Spencer Rattler to be a Heisman. I don't even need to be half a Heisman, but he's better than a grad assistant. He's better than a wide receiver played in quarterback. We have the weapons five wins on your schedule. I count five wins. Those are five, five guaranteed wins. These are the five guaranteed wins for the South Carolina Cox. And you can put me on the receipts for it, for all the Cox fans out there listening, abandoned chat, everybody who was out there. Listen to this Georgia state. Okay. You guys get that one. Arkansas. I don't know. No. Charlotte, South Carolina state. That gives you three. Then you go at Kentucky and I don't know, man. Like I I think Kentucky's like kind of up right now. I, I think you lose that one. Let's see what happens with AM. They could be really good. And, and now all of a sudden you've got three wins. You go to Missouri, you win that game, you go to Vanderbilt, and then Florida's a sleeping giant. I, Hendon Hooker, I said I'm high on. I think he's a Heisman candidate. And then you go to Clemson and get your ass beat. I mean, well, come on, man. 
You forgot five wins. To, you forgot five win home, season. Uh, well, five guaranteed wins are Georgia State, Charlotte, SC State, Missouri, and Vandy. That's five. Now you need one more just to push against okay. Florida, Tennessee, uh, and Kentucky. If you Florida, win Tennessee, two, and you're at Florida, you're at Clemson. Yeah, but Florida, we beat 40 to 17 last year. Not a big deal. And just they're the down in college football, just sleeping in that state, dude. I'm telling you, all we need is to win one of those toss up games just to push. I already put my money up, so you guys don't have to worry about that. I guaranteed the four of you money back guarantee if you lose. I'll be go ahead and place it. Show me the receipt and root for Rattler and the boys this year. I'll That's be back it. on it. It also sounds like uh, Mark and Bechtel should have their own little side. Yeah, one. sounds like there's, uh, there's too much jawing going on, Bechtel, for you to not lay something. I, I think I'm just gonna well, be look, the man is offering literally like to return everybody's money. And like, I want to root for Mark's, Mark's happiness. It's, it, this is a sh- like a, a tough situation where I love the coach. I love the direction of the program. I love everything except I hate Rattler. And like, I don't want to root for Mark's. Mark's my guy. Like, I want to root for Mark to be sharp and handicapped and stuff. But I just, I don't believe in Rattler. And I, and okay. I can't get behind that. That's all right. I understand that you don't. I'm just saying we had four quarterbacks last year and still won six games. Now we have Rattler and all the weapons I mentioned. Juice and it's Wells over Rob. six and a half, right? Right, Rob. Juice I'm Wells. Gonna, we're going to be you missing. Need, Juice you Wells need, you need yeah. seven games, Mark. Seven games. All right. Well, let's just stay in the SEC, which this people on this podcast, not the podcast, but people on the podcast have said means more debatable from one of the two Big Ten boys on the podcast. But to our other SEC correspondent, Matt Bechtel, what is your over under this year on your alma mater? Yeah, it's, you know, obviously I, I put out there in the airwaves once once O left because O and I were obviously a unit together um, that, you know, I'm giving BK a two-year window here before I enter the transfer portal for my alma mater. And I really believe in us going over seven. Um, Florida State, you know, I, I I would say to Mark, I said, you know, Sleeping Giant is Florida, Florida football and the guys you can get in state from there, there are maybe three stars or four stars that are going to outplay their projections because there's just so much freaking talent there. So we get that one. We get Southern. I don't really respect Mike Leach. That's a game that we lost him last year. I think we're going to come out and beat the shit out of him. I think we're 4-0 going into Auburn at Auburn. I don't really respect Auburn. I think we're 5-0. Tennessee, I think, is a good program. That's a, that's a toss-up game for me. At Florida, another toss-up game. Ole Miss, another toss-up game. I think there's just more talent against Arkansas. You get UAB and, you know, AM at the end of the season. But I, I really like the – I think they at least win eight games this year under BK. I'm really high on uh, Malik Neighbors, a uh, guy that can basically jump out of the gym. He's going to be a guy that's opposite of Keyshawn Booty. And we also have uh, BK playing it close to the vest on Mason Smith, uh, who's a D lineman that apparently is getting after after people. Um, if you look at his college or his high school resume, he just elevated a program that was like five and six on the year to at least a, a first uh, round playoff appearance in college football or in high school football for L for state of Louisiana 5A, um, that guy's going to be an X factor. There's talent all over the field. BK's bringing in a new culture. Book it over seven. It Go really hurts. It hurts me that we have to root for Brian Kelly. Like it, it just, well, the, you, fact you have is, to root for him. the fact is he's one of the best coaches of all time. 
That's fine. And but he's an absolute prick. Of all time? Yes. He's an he's an all time prick too. I, he's I, that. I didn't like him faking the southern accent. You know I I'm struggling with it in my heart from his time at Notre Dame. You think that was an in the last more uh, intentional slight? I was just gonna say the only handicap you need, and I understand there's a lot of turnover going on in LSU, but in the last 15 years, Brian Kelly's won less than seven games once in the last 15 years. That's it. That's your entire handicap. Brian Kelly wins seven plus games, period. He's a great coach. I I don't think he's one of the best coaches of all time. He's never won a national title. And if you look at the research from the transfer portal, I mean, he went out and got guys. I mean, they they ranked second overall. He's total transfers, great six four stars, eight three stars. I mean, I'm I'm high on them, and, and they also have a, a four star in waiting. Walker Walker Howard, um, look out for him. I think Jaden Daniels might be the guy. Apparently, he's got the clap, uh, which is something BK BK is really high on. Uh, oh, so if he's uh, got the clap. If he's got the well, clap, that means he's. Can you elaborate before we start slandering college athletes? Uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's uh, clear. Uh, it, it's his acronym for like clear, loud and present and proud or whatever. Anyway, he just likes the command he has with the offense. He still hasn't named his quarterback, which I don't like. Um, but you know, it, we're going to go from there. At least we're not going to have Max Johnson throwing like freaking left, you know, back behind his hand, like whatever he did against the, uh, first game season against UCLA behind the back pass. Oh my God. Good mechanics. He's got good mechanics. That's all that matters. Um, all right, one more, boys, and this one is a bit of a reveal. So, Matt, Rob, take us home on our alma mater over-unders. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, for loyal listeners of this podcast, they know I am a diehard Virginia Tech football fan, um, but I am actually uh, a graduate of James Madison University. been a passive fan of them uh, for the last 10 years. But big news, they have joined the FBS – and they're in the Sun Belt, baby. So we have switched this year for good. My alma mater picks moving forward will be the JMU Dukes in the Sun Belt, and I am just pumped for it. Um, so everybody, look out! You know, let's look up here. Uh, so I'm pretty hyped to be here. JMU has actually two FCS titles, um, national titles in the last 20 years. Um, they won their conference six of the last six, seven years. Irrelevant. They're, Talk about their FBS accomplishments. So they're actually uh, an FCS powerhouse. Um, but there's been rumors of us taking the steps since I went there, graduated in 2011. Um, so I'm all in. Everyone's pumped. We're finally making the jump and playing meaningful football. Um, so this new Sun Belt that they just kind of threw together is going to be a blast to watch. Here are just the teams on the east side of the conference with JMU. we got App State. You got Coastal Carolina, Marshall, Troy, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, and ODU. How much fun does that sound? It's the fun belt. That's a that's a conference that I think I might have to like. I might have to gamble on one game in that conference every single week. I mean, it, it, that's I, on one side. That's the that's East. electric. That's I great. love the Sun Belt. Right. Yeah. So for JMU, it's a, a bit of a provisional year for them. So they're only playing eleven games, and they are ineligible for any postseason, uh, which means no conference championship, no bowl game. Um, which is a little bit tough, but we'll be back uh, firing all cylinders in 2023. So we got a great coach, 33 and five in his three years at JMU. We did lose a ton of production from last year's team, including one of the best quarterbacks in FCS and their best wide receiver who decided to transfer to South Carolina. Um, Overall, 
only returning nine starters and we were pretty heavy in the transfer portal. Looks like we're going to be starting a, a Colorado state transfer. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but anyway, 11 games, they're over under a six and a half. Um, I'm going to go under, uh, unfortunately. So they got three guaranteed losses. I'm going to chalk up Louisville app state yes. and coastal Carolina. Um, probably going to lose to Marshall as well. So that's four losses. Um, that means they'll need to sweep the rest of their games to get to seven and go over the six and a half. Now the remaining seven games are, are not very good, uh, but hard to imagine them uh, going undefeated the rest of the way there. It feels like they're going to stumble somewhere. I'm looking at uh, their schedule. Now they got back-to-back road trips, one to Jonesboro, Arkansas to play Arkansas state and then to Statesboro, Georgia to play Georgia Southern. So those sound like some sleepy games. I don't see them being laser, super laser focused with no conference championship, no bowl game kind of on the horizon. Uh, It's hard to see them winning all of the games they should win. So uh, between the lack of returning production and just kind of that fact, I'm going to go under with JMU, but I am extremely bullish on them for the future. So JMU used to go toe to toe with uh, Appalachian state before they went to the FBS um, and I really do expect to ramp up and be on that same level sooner uh, rather than later. So some people forget, not people in this podcast um, like Jeff, but uh, App State was not, uh, they were an FCS school not that long ago. So it won't take too long, uh, I believe, before JMU and App State are kind of synonymous in the, in the same caliber of program because they were uh, back in the day. I'm looking at uh, JMU's schedule now, Rob. I mean, they could very well finish they'll lose their last five probably. Yeah. I mean, six and a half. I, I don't really, I mean, even, they, even the most optimistic God. person. The Sun they're, Belt is, they're only playing 11 games. And if they lose their last five, they can't, they can't get over six and a half. That's just yeah, mad. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's an under, and I wanted to be like all four of my comrades here that picked over homers all picked over for their alma maters, but I'm just going to be realistic and win people money here on this podcast. And we're going to go over with JMU, sorry, under with JMU this year, but we probably won't next year. I mean, you've got a little bit of a unique circumstance given that your, your team is now playing varsity football for the first time ever. So that's why you're taking the under probably, but it sounds like a little emotional hedge, like later in the season, be real high on JMU. Yeah, I mean, how high? Can, I mean, it could be undefeated, and they and they just slap each other hands, and they go home. You know, there's nothing to play for, right? It's it's a good handicap. I really like it. There's just so many teams in the Sun Belt right now. I mean, I'm I'm excited about Marshall. I'm excited about. I'm yeah. I'm pumped. I think Georgia State's going to be really good. Coastal's Coastal's really good. App State's really good. A lot yeah. of good coaches and teams that like these coaches might be on the move to like bigger programs. Right. So we got me. I'm going to be diving into the Sun Belt. I'm going to be just absorbing everything I got. So it's going to be a fun year. Just kind of be able to break down those kind of off the radar games and be able to bet those. I, I, I'm pumped for it. I did say when I opened this up that there was no transfer portal. Yours isn't technically a transfer portal. Also, the transfer portal, as I mentioned, the five guys are still here and you've gotten all of our week zero picks. No official pick from the card because the card this week. College football. It's a tough opener, but it's not really the opener. It's week zero for a reason. It's not week one. We will be back next week on the Parlay Like a Champion podcast to break down week one. We'll have all of our alma mater picks as the college football season actually kicks off. Do we do we agree that this isn't really the kickoff, or, or am I wrong? Are we saying that this is the kickoff? No, but football's back, so that's what matters. 
football's back and that is what matters. And this podcast is back and that's what matters. And we will be here weekly, weekly episodes, breaking down the college football landscape, our alma mater picks and bringing you five parlay picks. We'll see if we can top last season. Like I said, two parlay wins, four, four and ones. The boys are back and we're looking to beat 63%. Join us to be along for the ride. Enjoy the college football season. We will see you next week on the Parlay Like a Champion podcast. Go Tigers.